I can't believe you'd use CRISPR to get the amazing physical prowess of a black man. Of course I did. You're running from innovation. You're running from humanity. We gotta end this once and for all, man. Duel at the lake? Well, it must be done. Bro, shut up. I have the high ground. Hey, bro, isn't that copyrighted chill, bro? I don't want to fight you, man. What happened to us? We used to be the Enlightened Brothers. Don't you realize that there are numerous paths that you could take on the road to enlightenment? It's my job as your brother to protect you and make sure you don't go down the wrong one. You're always good with the ladies, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, there's one place in which you are mistaken. And where's that? There's no wrong path on the route to knowledge. <laughs> He's like a cat stuck in a box. And I'm not talking about Schrodinger. I'm gonna put you in the spin cycle! <laughs> Comical. You're a wild boy, but I'm wilder. Behold my true power. Not the heavies! <sighs> no! <sighs> How long do you think I've known you? I saw this coming. That's why I got some heavies of my own. If you're feeling froggy, then leave. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Find your dreams come true. And I wonder if you know what it means. Yo, yo, yo. What's goody? Episode 20, 20 baby. Let's go. Go! The boys are back, man. I know y'all enjoyed that skit. Yeah, we've done that intro, that type of intro, more than 20 times now, if you got episode 16.5. 16.5, and another one that we had to cancel because it got too dark outside. Actually, no, yeah. could, but no, that was the ending, so we did do the intro. Yeah, man, but episode... Oh, oh. Did, did y'all enjoy that fire skit that you yes, just Yes, sir. If you're on the audio version, I already added a voiceover telling you to come over to the YouTube version and listen to it, uh -huh. or watch it, excuse yeah. me. But, if you haven't, and you're still on the audio version, and you st you hear future Emery hyping it up like this, and you haven't watched it again, please go do that. Yeah, man. Hop your behind over to YouTube, check out the skit. We're also going to upload the skit separately, um, but it's going to be exclusive to the podcast for... I don't know what you want, like a few days, a week, whatever. Yeah. Then later on, we're just going to upload the skit itself. And um, so, yeah, it was whatever. Just, you know, go watch the skit. We, we, put, we put some time into it, but we didn't want to make it too long because it's actually the first of many skits. Yep. And it's going to be an ongoing series. we got a lot going on. What we said, we're building up that enlightened universe. Yes, sir, man. Y'all yes, heard about the MCU. The DC Universe, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> movies kind of suck. Yeah. But uh, the Enlightened Universe is going to be one of the big titans up there. The Enlightened Multiverse, You're going to be seeing it in the theaters. Yes, sir. And 
maybe if you pirate movies online, you can watch it there too. But, but episode 20 is one of our first special episodes just because we have a skit and we have a lot going on in our lives. And actually, me and Emery haven't recorded in what? Two weeks? Because we were grinding spring break. Yeah. And we got all that content out. Yeah. We, I think it's approaching a week since we uploaded the last episode. Yeah. No, it's been. It's well, been by the time a week. By the time this gets up. Well, it'll have been over a week. Yeah. But, but today that we're recording, yeah, it's been about a week. But yeah. Yeah. So we, we cracked out three episodes over spring break and uploaded them over time. Um, over that time, a lot of stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that... Um, Another reason why we took the break was we saw that we were kind of talking about a lot of the same stuff over the last few episodes. And no fault of us because what we were talking about was very in-depth. It was in-depth. Something that you can discuss for days. It was stuff that was insane. It was discussions that you could go 20 hours about, which we about did. And we had guests who we wanted to hear their opinions on these topics. So whether it's brain-computer interfaces, CRISPR, some of the physics stuff we talked about. AI, we're going to continue to talk about that stuff, but, you know, we don't want to just keep that in circulation. So we did take some time to, you know, get into other fields. At the end of the day, this is a podcast you're watching, I hope, because we entertain you. Yes, sir. As well as um, giving you something to really think about. Yeah. But uh, if you're thinking about the same thing, I I know I don't want to watch my favorite YouTuber. Because we're your favorite YouTubers, <laughs> podcasters, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to watch them consistently uploading the same same topic. Exactly. Because you want to see something new. Right. That's just how it is. Um, you know, me and Emery both uh, intently analyzed this uh, new Montero video that's out. <laughs> hey, hey, just trust. <laughs> episode 28, your average episode, all right? We're no, going to jam-pack this episode with everything that you love about the Enlightened Brothers. So uh, stay tuned and keep watching. I can't believe you just went along with the fact that I said we intently analyzed Montero. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't have a side discussion with you, but I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never, did. Never mind, then. Um, we're a little bit late to the party on Lil Nas X. <laughs> but it's never too late. This it's is never it. too late because that was some wild. He's it's a wild boy. Sheesh. Lil Nas X. Now, are you mad at him? Are we gonna start off with this? No topics first. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, Lil Nas X. You know, before it's crazy. I was on Old Town Road. Yeah. Before that song blew up. Okay. And I was like, "Dang, this man is innovative." Yeah. Combining the country and hip hop, and it slaps. Exactly. That's mad. But now I think he's mad because how you go. <laughs> Yeah, I am mad at Lil Nas X. Okay. Because what I saw in that video was disgusting. That's all I'll say. I'm yeah. mad. Be- I'm mad because he tortured my eyes like that. Yeah, I mean, he he was he was uh, giving the devil some lap pleasures, but I mean, me just having a baseline knowledge of like human psychology, it seemed well for one. This seemed like one of the most likely scenarios ever. Because, for one, him growing up homosexual, him hating himself as his through his account for a long time, and people, in especially religious people, telling him for so many years that he's going to go to hell. Mm. And he's like, you know what? F it. I'm going to show you what hell looks like. And, yeah. Uh, I it, think he did. Provided an accurate <laughs> depiction of that. Also, from the religious standpoint... How can you be mad? 
I mean, if you believe he's going to hell anyway. Sinners be damned. Yeah, I know. Isn't he doing what you want him to do? And he's violating the devil. and Not what you want him, him to do. <laughs> it's not like Christians want to send people to hell to meet a quota. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, Christians want them to be saved. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing around. Yeah, no, exactly, though. But, man, you know, he was trying to infuriate um, religious people. I believe Christian conservatives, is like, specifically. And he did exactly that. Yeah. But, I mean, Joyner Lucas was like, you got to know that kids are listening to this. And Nas was like, you let your kids listen to Old Town Road. <laughs> you listen to kids listen to Old Town Road that was talking about lean all in my bladder, cheated on my baby. You can, you can go, go and, and ask, ask her. her. My life is a movie, bull riding and boobs. Yeah. Cowboy hat from Gucci, Wrangler on my booty. I um, mean, we sang it in that episode that we had with John. Exactly, episode 13. And the kids. And we did not know what was coming. We did not know the storm that was brewing. Yeah. Surrounding but Lil Nas X. He, he, was, he was ready for this for like nine months. He was oh, getting this ready. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. I don't think people were even. They got over the whole music video situation for a bit, okay. but then he released some sneakers. Oh yes, exactly. Six hundred sixty-six individually um, NFT sneakers. Yeah, they weren't NFT. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they they, they had were, a drop of human blood in them. Human blood, had, or was it chicken blood, bro? That it was blood. advertised as human blood, I yeah. believe. I bet. And it was uh, yeah, who they cutting up? Uh, exactly. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, it was advertised of had, as having human blood in it, and it had numerous satanic references across the shoe. Wow! And I that w- that was just feeding f- a fuel to the fire, bro. I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't want to spend too much time giving this topic energy. But, but let me, can I shout out his uh, marketing team, his publicity? Oh, team? Oh, you talking about mischief? Huh? They they the mischief marketed the shoe. No, oh, not even the shoe. Oh, I mean, oh. like all the, all of this. They planned. This this was a whole convoluted thing oh, okay. to get the attention uh, towards Lil Nas X again because yeah. it was falling. Yeah. After uh, he had like that big stardom rush from uh, Old Town Road. Right. And you know I think it worked. Yeah. It sure. definitely worked. For sure. Okay. Well, yeah. Exactly. And um, yeah. That, like like I said, I don't want just for Lil Nas X. He kind of did something. Well, he definitely did something that was. I thought it was cool that he could take the country charts like that. That was like, you know, kind of fighting back against the stereotypical country artist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when has a black man ever been number one on country? Like, I don't know if that's ever even happened. So, I mean, what he did was great at that point. I don't want him to just be like a, like a crowd jockey. I don't even know the term. Just like somebody his, to rile up the crowd. Yeah, That's his it. whole career so far has just been wild stuff. Yeah. Like that it was wild that he tried to um that he made a, con- a country hip hop song. Yeah. And then um the country billboard they disputed that. They tried to take it off, but he got eventually got it reinstated. Right. So it was like his career is thriving off of controversy right now. Yeah, nobody's really respecting him so as an artist. There's so much controversy that you can have until you get to that point and cancel, or you get canceled. And as we see today, as it can come very quick. Yeah. And unexpectedly. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't. I want. He should be wanted. He should want to be uh, respected as an artist. But I cannot say what he should want because at the end of the day, I mean, he's making lots of money. And, you know, people love money. He's doing something so right. He's doing something right. Whatever you can do to get to where he wants to be in life, I mean, or I say do what you want. Or is doing something right? 
because is money the root of happiness? We'll get back more into that later in the uh, podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about crypto a little bit, but um, I don't know. Yeah, current, currency is certainly interesting. Well, I didn't want to open up with Lil Nas X, but podcast, it, ha- it happens. So, uh, but we got some big announcements to get to this episode. Yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't want to make a, a super big deal out of it. I mean, I was being a little modest. Make a big deal out of it, bro. It's our podcast. Who being humble on here? All right, well, then I'll officially announce... Talking to you guys, listeners, viewers, whoever. You doing this announcement um, with a lightsaber in your hand? With a lightsaber in my <laughs> hey, hand. Yo. Um, your boy K.O. Slater Newman has officially gotten himself accepted into two Ivy League schools. Woo! Those two Ivy League schools being Whoa! Dartmouth and Dartmouth University, <laughs> Dartmouth College, and Brown University. Let's go. The very two, Let's go. the very two Ivies that were at the top of my list since the beginning. It's always been Brown and Dartmouth at the top of my list, and everybody else. Um, actually, uh, I'll let him announce it himself. But our last guest got into an Ivy League as well, so mm. we're gonna. I we already texted him, texted him, Mr. but we're Jerome. gonna do we're gonna do a little bit of Ivy Wars when he comes back on the show. Wonder if he's listening right now, but yeah, man. So I, I have a tough decision on me right now. Yeah. So Brown University is in Providence, Rhode Island. It's the capital of Rhode Island. It is a major city, mid mid size, but a major city. Um, there's a lot of money out there in Rhode Island. The Kennedys are from there. Uh, I don't know who else is out there. That's just that's the most famous. But there's a lot of money out there in Rhode Island. Let me, let me just but, say, I don't know about no Ivy school, uh, Ivy school, but uh, you ain't gonna have no fun out in Rhode Island. See, I it's don't Rhode know. Island. I, it, it's Rhode I Island. Mean, compa- How you got a road on an island? <laughs> compare. I mean, if you want to compare to 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 FL, bro. I mean, living in Florida my whole life, I already know that there's some lit stuff down here, but. I'm not going to count out Rhode Island. I will. Um, <laughs> um, Emery's going to school just to party anyway. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so other than that, I mean, it being an Ivy League school speaks for itself. Uh, Brown University has an open curriculum, so I'm going to be able to choose my own classes. There's not going to be a single class there that I don't want to take. And that's the biggest thing because I come here on the podcast and I talk about a range of topics from physics to computer science to neuroscience to cryptocurrency to philosophy, whatever. So at Brown University, I'm able to take in all of that. Mm-hmm. Dartmouth, on the other hand, is in Hanover, New Hampshire, <laughs> also in the middle of nowhere. Can I, let me let me add once more. Yeah. Ain't going to have no fun in New Hampshire. Dude. <laughs> I, New I, Hampshire? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, man. I'm sorry to any of our viewers from Rhode Island or New Hampshire, <laughs> but come on, bro. There, there's got to be something there. They would, nobody would go there. That, no, look, I was, I was <laughs> listening to a podcast, man. There's this app called Librex. It's exclusive to Ivy League schools, and you can go on anonymous. It's like an anonymous forum, and you can go on and basically spread ideas because the whole biggest thing about I, the reason you go to Ivy Leagues is to be in the the locus of like these innovation. ideas and innovation, right? So we've seen over the past few years with cancel culture and all this stuff going on, people's ideas just you know being put down. And Librex was created to 
basically get your heart out. Anyway, the guy who created it was talking about his visit to Dartmouth. He was like, I couldn't fly there. Yeah, I had to find, there was no Ubers. <laughs> I had to find some random guy to drive me two and a half hours hey, from Boston to the to you Dartmouth. To, <laughs> dog, you about to be in the sticks, boy. Right. And here's the thing. So there I'm, is no Dartmouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Wikipedia page yeah. and some online host. They're, they're, <laughs> you're not coming back from Dartmouth if you go there. They're leading me out there. They're leading me out there just to. <laughs> they're feeding on smart brains. What? Mm. I need some water real quick. But I'm I'm watching some of these kids, not kids, the my classmates, um, doing these uh, school tours and move-in day 2020, 2019, mm-hmm. whatever. And even the tours, and none of them are done during the winter. Dartmouth and Brown, they both look beautiful during the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm visiting. I'm visiting tomorrow, actually. You're going to be the in day for a rude going. awakening regardless. I'm going to be in for a rude awakening. You know, you're, you're from Alaska. I am not prepared for the winters <laughs> that are that in this coming this fall when I go to Brown or Dartmouth. Let me just I'm say, if Caleb freezes in the cold and dies... From uh, hypothermia, I will continue this podcast, <laughs> and I won't let the, his legacy die out. I gotta put this lightsaber down. But uh. no, nah, man, uh, I'm extremely excited. Emery was there. My coworker was there. Uh, my girlfriend came later. My dad came later. So the, my IV day story. I came on. I was working. I had a three to nine shift. And at my job, it's basically semi-passive income. Uh, I work at the front of our neighborhood. I'm able to, basically all I do is human interaction. I'm a front desk clerk. Human interaction, take money, count money, and clean the heck out of stuff and handle people. So Cog in the system. Yeah, other than that, I'm able to read and code or whatever. So I set up my computer. It was 7 o'clock. Harvard, no. Princeton, no. Columbia, no. I was like... Ooh, boy. God dang. I'm not getting into an Ivy League. I, I was w- like, dang, I'm about to have to give this man a shoulder to lean on. I know. And lean on. <laughs> he said lean in. I and said he, lean on. Oh, okay. Anyway, so then I opened Brown, and I saw this. Because when, when, you, when you get a denial, they're just it's just a whole bunch of words or whatever, but you don't see congratulations. Yeah. So I saw, I didn't see a whole bunch of words. I saw, like, this welcome 2025, and the whole world paused for a second. Uh, subjectively, not objectively, honestly, obviously. And I was like, what the heck? This is unreal. And then Emery was there. He was getting hyped. And it was just we were getting hyped from there on out. And then Dartmouth, they're slow behind. Their website was down. took a little while. And I was already on. I was already drunk on excitement. And then I got into Dartmouth, and I was like, man, what the heck is going on? Um, yeah, it was an absolute unreal feeling. Really. I don't know if you want to, but there's a clip of when he got accepted to Brown. Oh yeah, you could insert the, or um, up here. I could Thanks. insert that, you know. But I was thinking, and I might do this because um, for the people listening to this podcast, uh, hopefully we have some younger viewers that my story will inspire them. But I was thinking about going on my personal channel or on the Enlightened Brothers channel. That's not really the point of our channel, but you know, on YouTube, these kids have like. I got into this school, and they put their statistics on it. Your sister who wants to go into an Ivy League, I'm sure she's watched hundreds of these videos. Like, you kind of – when I was applying back in, like, November, you fall into the vortex of watching these videos. Mm -hmm. And people have all of these applications. 
and they have the best test scores. They have the greatest internships. They went and fed children in Zimbabwe. They rose a revolution in South Korea, and they became the, like, they do all these amazing things, right? Everybody's application looks amazing to the next person, but it discourages you. When I was applying, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm getting in. Because I knew I had the intellect. I knew I was going to write better essays than any other oh, person yeah, applying to like, Ivy Leagues. I'm not putting but, you down in what whatsoever, but yeah. like your scores were much lower than theirs. Exactly. No, statistically. That's, that's what I was going to get to. My GPA match, the only score that was lower was SAT. My, my SAT score. You see these people getting in the Ivy Leagues with 1,500, 1,590, 15-whatever. Dog. I had a 1370 on the SAT, and I got into two Ivy Leagues. There's people that with higher scores than me that got into none. And I was thinking about making a video, putting my stats out there, and I'm not going to lie. I still never had a B. Like, my stats were good. It was just my SAT. My SAT really, like, I had deep emotional, like, hardships because of this. Because, like... I was in there, and I was like, man, there's no way I'm going to get in with a 1370 SAT. My dad's talking about, don't worry about it. My friend's talking about, don't worry about it. I was so nervous. And this was in the time where everybody else, y'all, y'all were all, like, getting in y'all acceptances to, to y'all schools. Y'all like, okay, I'm going there. And I'm like, oh, oy vey, I don't know where the heck I'm going. And I got in, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Isn't so, it unbelievable? That if we hadn't decided to start this podcast, then you probably wouldn't have gotten into I any agree. of those? I agree. I agree. So the whole point of this is, is they, you're getting in because of the person you are. Mm -hmm. A number doesn't describe the person you are. The, I believe the reason why I didn't get the, the score I wanted on the SAT was, I don't want to make excuses, but honestly, I didn't feel like studying. This was the time where I studied for the SAT was at the time where I just got into my intellectual journey. I wasn't trying to learn a puzzle because the SAT is a puzzle. I wasn't trying to learn a puzzle. I was just trying to to learn about physics and take it for what it is. Yeah, I was trying to learn all the stuff in the world that I wanted to learn. All the stuff that I'm talking about on this podcast, that's what I was doing. And the SAT was like a side note for me. But like I would make a video on YouTube just to like show people just to not get discouraged. Because I feel like there needs to be more videos out there like that. Yeah. Because all the videos I watched pretty much discouraged me so your thumbnail is gonna be you like this and <laughs> yeah. then the title is gonna be in all caps my crazy wild ivy league admission story yeah like exactly yeah i just think i think that's a good way to to give back because that was something that like it, it truly hurt me mm -hmm. i was because like i'm gonna be honest and i never tell like i never go promoting myself as this smart guy i try to be as humble as possible but when i think about my trajectory and like just like the thoughts i was having in, in the intellectual journey i was on the ivy league just presented itself as a place where i really wanted to go that just seemed like my scene but then me coming late to the game Man, I got into an IV with a one-year application type of thing. Like, I spent mm -hmm. all this time working for basketball. Just so, built up your resume. Yeah. You see how quick things can happen? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Look at God, man. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, Caleb's crazy Ivy League confession. And he said that he wanted to be humble. Yeah. But me, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I'm a brag. All I'll right. I'll tell you how it is. You want me to be honest? Yo. 
my 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 ego swelled, bro. I'm walking I'm <laughs> yeah. walking around school. <laughs> what? I'm walking around school, bro. Dang. Yeah, like, Look at you plebeians. Bro. <laughs> dude. So me and Emery have fifth period together. And every fifth period we have enrichment and it's like fifth twenty twenty something minutes, twenty five minutes where no thirty about thirty minutes where you can do whatever you want. So most of the kids guys in our class they uh talk and stuff. Most people in our class talk. I'm in there every day up to this point. I've always been reading. Mm-hmm. Man, these last two days when I was in oh, Ivy, yeah. I didn't read a dang page, boy. <laughs> I was sitting <laughs> back chilling. Dude, I'm notoriously known for ne- not taking naps. I took a nap both days. Dude, I am like, I did no homework. I have homework due that I just took a zero. Like, yeah. dude, I don't this man care. Is <laughs> I don't care. I'm just... In my free time, I'm just I research for the podcast. That is one thing I did. Other than that, I, I'm just watching Big That's Bang Theory. That's how it is. I've been, I've me. I've had senioritis. Like when you don't do your homework and yeah. you don't have that drive to do anything since freshman year. Word. But uh, it's gone like times to the max. <laughs> it's gone to the moon to after the moon, I, your boy went four for four. Emery did go four for four. I swept the streets. <laughs> I swept it. Yeah, yeah. UCF. So, y- USF, UF, and your boy's going to FSU. Let's go, man. Going to become a Seminole right in the fall. Yeah, no, Emory definitely made Florida his his child, bro. What are you you studying? Since we're announcing now, well, do you want to make your official announcement now? Because I'm still making mine. I'm going to make mine probably next episode. Oh. You can make it now. Go ahead. Why not? Nah, let me let me take y'all back. Okay. June 4th, 2003, a legend was born. God dang. How far <laughs> are you going to go back, bro? 13.8 billion years ago. Out in the glacial <laughs> out in the glacial tundra. All right. A young melanin king. Okay. Late uh, took his first breath on this beloved earth. On God's green soil. Yeah. Or brown soil and the green grass. <laughs> green grass. Okay. But you know in Alaska, there's barely any of that in the wintertime. Right. Luckily, your boy was born in the summer. <laughs> That's why this light shines on me. Let's go, boy. That's why I'm beautiful. That's why I'm awesome. That's why I'm amazing. That's why I sweat Florida. Tana, Tana, who, said, who said that they were a glacier boy? Tell me who said that. <laughs> was that Quavo or something? Or I'm Offset? the real glacier boy. Was it Quavo or Offset or Take I don't off? know. Oh, okay. One of the Migos. Yeah. Just know I'm the real Glacier Boy. I'm the icy dude. Yes, sir. Talk I do you. this. Talk to me. I um, do this. It's simple. It's a real exciting time, man. I love seeing where everybody is gonna go to school and stuff like that. I think I'm pretty I'm probably I'm probably the last one to decide out of my circle. But yeah, man, it is super interesting. A Dartmouth has a private ski slope, didn't you know that? I I, Bro, I, have, what? I have I have hardly any interest in skiing yet. I don't know. I've never lived the cold life, but I mean, uh, you being from Alaska. I've watched a lot of watched a lot of Netflix. Yeah. And one thing I can tell you, people in that demographic over in Rhode Island and New Hampshire. What about it? People of that age, they're going they oh. to give you some mollies. Oh, dude. I don't want Caleb returning a junkie. I'm about to go to school with some of the richest mother- <laughs> <laughs> Comment down below. No, no, junkie Caleb. Bro, chill, bro. No, <laughs> if, you, if you've watched this far, there, I'm I'm definitely gonna be new. I'm definitely gonna be new money though. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some affluence. 
over there, whatever school I choose between Brown and Dartmouth, man. I, I don't. I honestly, I don't know how to choose, man. I don't know how to choose, but I'll figure it out soon. I love, dude. That Dartmouth green is pretty, bro. Mm. The school is pretty. Oh my gosh, Dartmouth's so beautiful. Brown, the, I actually like their colors too. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to stress myself too much. You no, know, I'll like be that. transferring to an Ivy soon enough. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, Florida, y'all can y'all just, just FSU. Just say for now that you're lucky to have it. <laughs> yes, sir. You're gonna notable alumni. Yeah, I'll give y'all that. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do at both of our schools, man. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into this actual. Let's actually get into the the things we wanted to discuss today. Oh, your um, Bitcoin thing. Oh, the Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, yeah, we can get into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I figured how much money I should be putting into Bitcoin. So I, I decided 20% of each of my paycheck. I'm going to I'm going to slowly up that as time goes on. So I put six, 20% of my last paycheck into Bitcoin. And it went up for a little bit. It went down for a little bit. But the trick is to just not look at it, come back later and see that you're a lot more wealthy than you came in. <laughs> um, but I am just I'm a high proponent of am I a proponent of Bitcoin? I'm not so sure, but I'm definitely I'm, I'm definitely a proponent of Bitcoin, but I'm more so a proponent of the blockchain technology and a proponent of, of cryptocurrency. I see it as a more secure way of f- storing a storing of value uh transferal of value mm-hmm. and yeah and um just like because there's a market cap there is none of that with this fiat currency we have now because there's we our currency that the, the u.s dollar it's not based off of anything but faith it's only based off the fact that we think that the u.s dollar is worth something because in right. 1970 nixon was like why don't we just print this money what what is the gold worth why don't we just print this money so now that we're able to just print money, uh, trillions of dollars, it's not really sound, and it's not worth it. it the the worth like the worth of the U.S. dollars. I mean, it's decreasing as time goes on. Yeah. And there's there's They're this not burning it. It's yeah. continuing to be in circulation. De- yeah, and it's being devalued. But there's this misconception that actually no, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. How's the, what's the best way to handle money? How do the, how do winners handle money? Saving it. Saving Easy. it. Investing in themselves. See, there's the misconception. You just leaving your money in the bank, you're not doing anything but losing I sw- money. I switched my answer, man. What? Investing in yourself. Oh, investing in yourself, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Also, just invest just investment in general. Keeping your own money in circulation. If you want to leave your money in somewhere else, you want to make sure that this currency isn't being constantly devalued. You want it to be, even if it's devalued, you want it to be a sound source mm-hmm. of money. Bitcoin, there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever. There's a market cap. There's a cap on how much money um, or how much Bitcoin is worth, right? So in this, you can't have people just printing money out of nowhere. And it's just, a, it's a more sound store of value. And I mean, I'm constantly doing research I'm getting into NFTs. I may NFT these podcast episodes, but for now, I'm just putting my money into Bitcoin. I've already earned. I've already earned U.S. dollars. I want to get to the point where I no longer look at Bitcoin as a U.S. dollar, but look at Bitcoin as if I have Bitcoin. I don't want to say I have sixty thousand dollars. I want to yeah. just say I have one Bitcoin. And that's good. That's a great representation of how money is going to be handled. How how soon do you think we can see the 
physical currency disappearing? Ah, uh, well, away? definitely. Um, assuming that I live a, a a short lifespan, that being in between eighty and a hundred, it'll still be within my lifespan. Uh, for one, the good, the best thing about this blockchain technology and Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, whatever, it's global, global currency. The, the, our need for all these different currencies, I don't see much merit to it. I don't know why we have it. I mean, there's a there's a language gap. I don't definitely. know why we haven't already had a universal currency. It, well, it's also because I mean, we're keeping some countries above the other. I mean, <laughs> I mean it does, but that it also no. This is not a good thing. It's not. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I know. It also takes away from. Um, it takes away from, like trade yeah all that globalization as well yeah but it's all yeah in it in that well it's also giving some countries the upper hand Mm -hmm. but at the same time i mean if the u.s dollar was worth the same as the venezuelan dollar you can't really do that because the economies aren't the same so i i get i get it from that perspective i never really thought about it that way but the we're thriving a lot more than venezuela is venezuela has hyperinflation their money is basically worth nothing. They're burning money. Yeah, it's not an easy fix, yeah. like how I play it out to be. But that would improve their economy. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, it would definitely. It would bring other countries up. So it would bring other countries up, but it, I would believe it would like be. It, it would may be, cripple it, them as well. Yeah, it would be like an extreme, grow like growth in their economy or extreme like yeah. downward fall in their economy. But we because like yeah, go ahead. If like if everybody has the same currency and there's a country that's lacking. That's an immediate power. That's an immediate power dynamic that has been mm-hmm. stretched out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't know. It's interesting, man. It's uh, the reason why I'm researching into this is partly because I want to start a business, and if I have my hands on some nice seed money, then why not, right? But also, the reason why I spend, I go until two a.m. researching about this. Is for that one word. Is for that one part of the word of the compound word cryptocurrency. It's that currency part. There is, I believe, there is some sort of intrinsic, like, some nature within us that makes us need currency. Because I talk about if an alien species came down and they saw that we used money, they would be like, "Oh, what the heck? Y'all are dumb, right?" But at the same time. There is some reason why we need it, and I want to find that reason. All, I I think it's pretty simple to me. Sure. Because, you know, mentally we place importance on objects like you know family. Yeah. Or not not objects, but things. Yeah, we do. Like family, you can say like you know somebody's worth more to you than somebody else. Yeah. Because of that connection you've built with them. All currency is is the physical embodiment of how we how we place that um, value on objects. Yeah, it's certainly a, it's a system of value. Yeah. It's just, hmm, I don't know. I, I ponder sometimes. Maybe maybe I'm trying to go d- too deep into it. Maybe that's the philosopher in me. And maybe it's just because we value things and we want to make things valuable. Like, But also, I mean, there's also this hierarchy there too. I know why it exists, but a question that I would like get lost on is, is it necessary for it to exist? Right. And it's interesting. I mean, let's yeah, crack I that know. open. I, I mean, like currency. Because what I think is 
more valuable. I think what I think the most valuable currency is is time. That's what I think the most valuable currency is because that's I, the only finite currency. Right. I've told. Right. It's sound. It's sound. In the value is never. It's never appreciating or depreciating. Mm-hmm. A second is a second. Constant. Yeah. Yeah. Time is time. Or is it? Is it constant? Time is relative. Time is relative, Einstein. but in your own relative space, it's always always moving at yeah. the same speed. And now, relative to somebody else, when we start space traveling, whatever, that's my physics side. But in just the baseline, like layman terms, like I already I already told you about this, but play dumb, like I've never done this thought experiment with you, or have I ta- talked about this on the podcast? The Warren Buffett thing. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. What is it? So, oh, would I don't you, think you said it on the podcast. Okay, yeah. So, I, yeah, would you trade lives with Warren Buffett? Let me play devil's advocate. Yeah, I would. Because what? Because rich, bro. Yeah, he's rich. He's in top he five billions, on Forbes list. He's on ninety billion, like uh, lots of billions of dollars. But he's ninety years old. Oh dang! So I'm gonna die with my billions. <laughs> right. When I die, I put my money in the grave. Uh, no grave. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so most people would say no because they rather be 20 and assuming everybody lives a hundred years, right? They'd rather be 20 and live 80 years than be 90 and only live 10 more, regardless of how much money you have. I don't know about that one, chief. Huh? I don't know about that. (laughs) You still have to be, what are you going to do with all that money? You're still 90. You're not moving around. Well, yeah. You're spending most of that time sleeper and the uh, you, your mind's on you can't imagine yourself just as a young strapping young uh man but having 90 billion dollars you have to be an old crippled guy fart I find I find it interesting that yeah. a lot of the people that we see get to that um get to that like people in that that are that wealthy Mhm they want they don't want to die with their wealth. They want to they want to reap the benefits of what they've gained while they were here. Yeah, before okay. Before they pass. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, so like giving your money away before you pass or not even like well, we haven't seen a lot of billionaires die yet like yeah. the tech billionaires like that is today's true. age. That's so that's the smart. That's, that's to be to be continued. I wonder what that, Rockefeller and Ford and all them did before they they passed. If I'm they, sure they invested a lot into their families because they are like they're still among America's top families. Oh, the Rockefeller. I mean, I'm sure the yeah, Rockefeller, yeah they have to be right. But like the Walmart family is going to be rich forever. Yeah, but like there's there's like certain things that you can like you know because if you put in that much work and you gain that much, but you're not able you're not able to like fulfill everything that you've worked for that's kind of sad yeah i mean you can give it to your family but it's not the same mm. i'm saying yeah i get what you're saying so since currency is this value and you have accumulated all these you you've accumulated all of these points over time right let's just say currency is value you've accumulated all of these points over time and now you're able to cash in all these points for something super valuable the only problem is these these valuable things that you're able to get with money are sort of fleeting. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not a value on everything because it's not going to bring a loved one back to death or it's not going to give you true love or it's not going to give you a wife type of well shit. <laughs> <laughs> money can definitely get you a, a mate <laughs> but not maybe not somebody that you love. So yeah. there it, it's not 
currency isn't just value or it's currency doesn't represent all the things that we value in life. Yes. To tie this back to cryptocurrency. Okay. How sound is it truly? Because inflation and all that, we always think of it as like a a um, being caused by like the government overprinting money, all that money going into circulation, the devaluation of that money and not like the social, like the social effects that caused that to happen. So as like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if cryptocurrency, the longevity of it is like truly can truly be like sound, you know what I'm saying? Because there's no telling what like, like what sort of discoveries we'll find on like Mars or like different planets that will bring new value to, um, to the things that we have. So, uh, it's, it's, it's you go ahead. To like decide on a constant of for that now, I I think it would have to be like changed over time accordingly. Yeah, you know well, it's al- it's always going to be changing because we're always going to reach new technological paradigms. Mm-hmm. But I think it's sound for the for as long as we have a purpose of currency. So, whether all these things that we talk about in space travel and virtual immersion. Let's say that doesn't even happen as soon as I want it to happen. Let's say that happens 200 years from now. Then I believe the cryptocurrency will be sound in this state up to like maybe 100, 150 years. But once we get to that point, excuse me, we're going to have to reevaluate. We're, we're going to have to constantly change. But, you know, I mean, human humanity is becoming more intelligent over time. At least we believe so. And we're, we have access to more information for sure. And, you know, maybe... Maybe we monetize time. I mean, I, I mean, I see time. Just time. I don't know. It's just an interesting thought, like philosophy to think from. And I want to do like more thinking, maybe meditation, just like laying down in bed thinking about it. Like, because like time is the number one thing we value. So like, I don't know. It's just all interesting. It's an, it's an interesting take. But yeah, to, to to bring it back to this, like to to now. I think the fact that it has this market cap, and. I'm pretty sure the more the more the US dollar is devalued, I think the more value a Bitcoin has. Yeah, I'm of pretty course. I'm pretty sure. Mm. So uh I think I just think it's gotten so far that it's here to stay. I don't see anybody just throwing away Bitcoin for no reason. Unless I don't know, something crazy happens. Because it's not like the government can do anything about it. The U.S. government, as we speak, I, some people theorize that they're the second largest holder of the FBI is the second largest holder of Bitcoin because so many back end backdoor deals have been done and they confiscated it. I don't see like these are the kind of conspiracies that in my eyes aren't really conspiracies at all mm-hmm. because this is clearly the like the forthcoming age of currency. Yeah. So, so why not? Why wouldn't uh, yeah? Why wouldn't they? Why have wouldn't it? a world superpower go into that? Here's that would just be. We may see the shift, move. the shift of power structure, mm-hmm. because small countries are now able to get into the game. Yeah, that power dynamic, I'm telling yeah. you, is going to change exponentially. So, on the topic of power, you know, I usually bring in my topics first, but I'm going to sit back, relax. I like to lecture on this podcast. It's Emery's turn now to, to give a, a little a little soliloquy, a, a slight lecture, and we've been talking about the nature of humanity and power and all of these like 
inherent just like values of humanity. And that's exactly what we're diving into today. So Emery, take it away, man. This is something that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. And that's read a book. <laughs> I haven't done that in a really long time. Yeah. And uh, actually, this book is also something that I've been wanting to read for a long time, but just took me a while to get into because of the content of the book. Okay. And I knew it would take have to I have to devote a lot of mental energy okay. into deciphering this because uh, well, let's get into the book first. The book is The Art of War, and it is a very popular book. Like, insanely popular. Uh-huh. It's been around for uh, oh, thousands yeah. of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sun it was, Tzu. Yeah, it was written by Chinese general Sun Tzu. Um, he lived from 544 B.C. to 496 B.C. So he died around 50, 50 years old, something yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, he was a Chinese general that wrote this book that um, was a lot of uh, philosophical. It gave a lot of philosophical um perspectives regarding the meaning of war um how to win a war and just uh fighting in general but the reason i'm not a warlord Mm -hmm. but uh this book has been popular because of the ways that you can derive other like you know take in other message meanings and messages from the book it's not strictly war and does it doesn't it give you like it kind of maps out the fundamental nature of man. Yeah, it's a uh, war is symbolic for it can be many things because mm-hmm. war is just a battle. Okay. And you know, battles can be found everywhere. Right. So, uh what we're going to be doing on the podcast since this is a very enlightening book. Right. And uh I want to dig deeper into it. I want to ask Caleb a lot of questions. I want to ask myself a lot of questions yeah. and think more about uh everything that's in this book. We're going to have little segments in every every episode where we cover um maybe a couple chapters of of the art of war um or we just like take a little like little tidbits and like just comment on it yeah and give our thoughts opinions and ask questions about them and i i did the same thing with the multiverse topics i didn't really formally say it like emory but i mean i was but this is this is like a part of the enlightened brothers podcast that i think is really unique really special and this is a philosophy podcast, like philosophy and comedy. So, yeah, we, yeah this is this is what we, this is our stuff right here. This is what we do. So, your boy is gonna go word for word, bar for bar, right. um, of the English translation translation of uh-huh. what Sun Tzu wrote. Okay, because uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's real deep. Okay, so hmm. I'll just go point by point, so we can take some time to really venture into all these. All right, this is chapter one which is laying plans. Yeah, that's what it's called. Well, what? Chapter one is called laying plans. Laying is in L-A-Y-I-N-G? Yes. So it begins by saying, the art of war is governed by five constant factors to be taken into account in one's deliberations when seeking to determine the conditions obtaining in the field. These are, one, the moral law, two, heaven, three, earth, four, the commander, and five, Method and discipline. So uh, you're probably wondering, what the hell does that all mean? Um, Heaven is actually signifying night and day, cold and heat, and times and seasons. So, you know, when you go, like, uh, when uh, soldiers are at war, usually you're not going to be back in a couple months. So um, you're going to have to experience all the changing uh, sceneries 
oh, you're going to have to experience, you're going to have to weather weather the storm, basically. Yeah, it's like a change of, of setting. So heaven is um, those physical those physical blocks that you may experience. Mm-hmm. Earth comprises distances, great and small, danger and security, open ground and narrow passes, the chances of life and death. So earth sort of relates to your existence and the importance of life mm-hmm. because of the challenges that you might meet from heaven. Um, the commander stands it's for a little bit. Hold on. It's a little bit like, like also like human experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The commander stands for the virtues of wisdom, sincerity, benevolence, courage, and strictness. Mm. So this is, um, before we were talking mainly about the troops, soldiers, um, me and you and the commander refers to the leader the one that guides people maybe you think that's the president maybe you think that's a leader of a country maybe that's somebody in your community that you really um respect it could be anything but these are people that um possess again those virtues of wisdom sincerity benevolence courage and strictness and the final one is method and discipline which are to be understood, the marshalling of the army and its proper subdivisions, the graduations of rank among the officers, the maintenance of roads by which supplies may reach the army, and the control of military expenditure. So method and discipline, what this really gave to me is society and um, the social constructs that we share with each other and um, the social hierarchy as well because it said um, the graduations of rank among the officers. So where you're standing in society. Yeah. Was did you get into moral law? Hmm? Moral law? Wasn't it the first one? Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't copy paste that one, bro. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. You don't have to, I mean if you, unless you know. No. Nah. Off the top of your head. Okay, yeah, we you I can well, you, uh, are you searching it up? All right, my bad. Your boy skipped one. Caleb reminded me. The yeah. moral law. Um, the moral law causes the people to be in complete accord with their ruler so that they will follow him regardless of their lives, undismayed by any danger. So why do we follow a leader? Why are laws in place? Um, method and discipline, I think that went into like the construct of society, um, of people as a whole and our relations with each other. But a moral law really digs down into how we relate to each other instead of like just all of us as like um being in a pool together what laws what makes us follow that leader that so passes the moral commander law again? moral law is moral law it causes the people to be in complete accord with their ruler okay. so that they will follow him regardless of their lives undismayed by any danger uh so that goes. That definitely goes hand in hand with the fifth rule. Yeah, and the, as well as the commander. Okay. So, um, what Sun Tzu was saying that is that these five heads should be familiar to every general. He who knows them will be victorious, and he who knows them not will fail. Mm. That's 
That's there's a lot. There's I, a lot to break a, down. There's here. definitely a lot to unpack. Uh, we can start. We know, can start from the top. Do you want to do that? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So, um, well, I gave you what all of these meant. Well, what I perceive them to mean. So uh, let's come back. Uh, come back around from the top, starting with heaven, which signified night and day, cold and heat, times and seasons. That so, to me is the progression of life. See, I'm still trapped in the box of this being war, because he said if you understand these things. So just baseline off based. We should. I feel like we should start with war, then relate that to life, because life is a war. You could say life is a war, or whatever. Like um, understanding. So is he saying to be to take advantage of? Is this taking advantage of your enemy with the seasons? Because we know like. Uh, Napoleon tried to take over Russia on his way out. Winter hit, and that's basically what ended ended the French Revolution. Right. So is it in a sense of literal war? Uh-huh. Yes, these okay. are the things that the commander or the general has to take um, into account and then to guide his troops to victory. And but then, so you're saying for life, it is for life. I think that heaven is the progression of life. Okay, because you know it said night and day, cold and heat, times and seasons. So how, what are your impressions of, to, what is the efficacy of this rule? Like, how do you take advantage of the progression of life? What, um, what, is, the, what is the point in understanding this in terms of life? I don't think they're meant to be understood, like, individually, okay. which is why he put these all in, like, um, so, a five constant so factors. They need to be but a, that a goes totality. in hand with Earth. Okay. Like it said, uh, Earth uh, comprises distances, great and small, danger and security, open ground and narrow passes, the chance of life and death. Okay. So I believe that heaven is given meaning by Earth because, you know, I said in, like, the What is Humanity episode number five, I've yeah. repeated this many times, but... What gives um, life its meaning is death. Yeah. So in Earth, it was listed that, or it was stated that um, the chances of life and death are are what is what makes up that experience. So if I wanted to relate it to like me, I'd probably say that you know I've I've lived up to this point in like security, mm-hmm. not really like. I don't think I've really had a near-death experience okay. thus far in my life. Right. And that has – because I haven't had a near-death experience, I haven't experienced, like, the cold. Because in heaven, it's listed that you have the cold and heat, the times and seasons. I think I've gone through the times and seasons. I've, I've <laughs> I lived in Alaska. Right. Yeah. But um, I haven't had that cold. I haven't had that cold experience in my life. And in a figurative sense, yeah. I may have. I think the heat may relate to like the passion of life. Okay. Your um, like the meaning that your experiences have towards you. So your cold would be your dark moments. Your mm-hmm. your your moments of contraction. Passion is when you're outgoing. Contraction is it's when you're you're holding yourself back through your exactly. own, your 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 experience with earth, heaven, and earth. No, your experience with Earth is <clears throat> that's why cold is there. You're so you have heaven and earth, right? In right. in this context, you have heaven and earth. You say earth gives meaning to heaven from 
what you said so far and what this what we you've, we've read, I believe it's it's back and forth. Right. So we can use heaven giving meaning to earth, this life and death timeline. In the middle of that timeline, there's a lot of earth earth experience is being emphasized. So that cold is that that's that's when it's like it's sort of taking advantage of you your whatever goals you have if you want to win the war that cold is when you you have doubt self-infliction that type of stuff and what you said was exactly correct because like i said before all of these go together yeah and war is so expansive we have a war within ourselves fighting to become who we truly want to become. We have war with others. That's conflict. That's your enemies. And uh, we have a war with our reality. Okay. We have physical war. We have death. We have trauma. And we don't always have all the answers. That's where the commander comes in. Right. The commander stands for the virtues of wisdom, sincerity, benevolence, courage, and strictness. So in the literal sense of a war, that would be like the general leading the troops to um, like – telling them what to do mm-hmm. like um that would be your coach on a basketball team okay telling you what plays to run right or what routes to run um but i think in a philosophical sense we're all the commander because you can say for yourself that you you've grown from everybody that you've met correct right that they've given you an answer to some sort of question maybe you didn't even know that you had i agree I think all of us are the commander in sense in the sense of not maybe not that we all stand for the virtue of wisdom or what well, you could say that because not all wisdom is good wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um like if you're told a lie that's um incorrect uh, that's um something that's incorrect it's not fact but right. it's still wisdom. Right. It's still a no- is knowledge uh, to a summit degree. I believe that we're all the commander in the sense that we can teach each other. Yeah. And grow amongst one another. Yeah. I mean, on this point as well, you can also be the commander of your own life. I came, I, mm-hmm. I came to a realization uh, not too long ago over this break that we had is there are certain things in life that I am certain as. The reason why I love physics is because it challenges everything I once thought I knew about the universe. My goals are oriented by the fact that I would truly be disappointed in myself if I went through life passively. I have to take life by storm. I cannot be passive at any point in life. Yes, there are times for rest, right? Yes, there are times for fun times. But in the totality of things, I cannot ride the wave of life. I cannot allow it just to take me. I lied. I lied. One episode, sorry to cut you off. One episode I said that... The thing that people want the most is to leave something behind. Yeah. But that, in a sense, is looking forward to your death. And it's like, it's not like regretting everything that you've done, but it's trying to place importance on everything that you've done without enjoying it while it's there. Okay. Because that's what a legacy is. It's yeah. something that's after after yeah. you've gone. I think the most important thing to people is to enjoy life. Yeah. So, you know, like like you said, not living passively. Take life by storm. And maybe along the way you'll build up that legacy, but that doesn't come by saying, I want to do this to be remembered. It's saying, I want to do this to remember it for myself, and maybe others will remember that as well. Well said. All right, yeah. so that's Commander. What's going on? What's up? What's the next? So 
Well, let's try to tie all of these together so far. So we had heaven, commander, earth. Heaven earth. Okay. Yeah, we had heaven, earth, and the commander. Uh huh. So heaven, we said, represents um the progression of life. Okay. Um, you as a person. Earth re- represents the um, experiences of life, mm-hmm. and the commander it represents other people and perhaps yourself, like okay. you said. So, uh, I think they all go together in the se- in the grand scheme of war. By this, this is the general and its troops, and this is why they exist. This gives meaning to war. Mm-hmm. I believe these three do. Okay. And the next two that we're going into, um, they give they give meaning to what you're fighting for. Okay. Or so, they give substance to the war. Yeah. Okay. I said that wrong. But uh, number four, method and discipline. So, again, method and discipline are to be understood by the marshalling of the army in its proper subdivisions, the graduations of rank among the officers, the maintenance of roads by which supplies may reach the army, and the control of military expenditure. We see that a lot in modern times now. Yeah. Like uh, – People saying, why are we always spending so much money on military? Right. Um, because we need to protect ourselves. Right. Or that's what, that's what it, um, that's what the government sees because the government's purpose is to serve its people. The government's pers- uh, purpose is to protect its people. So uh, military expenditure, that's just, you know, spending. Yeah. Uh, the graduation of rank among the officers. Now, I think that this part specifically – has more meaning than the others because that's really representative of our social hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. The graduation of rank among the officers that could be related to a lot of things. Your position at work it can be related to um, wealth uh, and um, where that wealth puts you among your uh, among people in society. Socioeconomic status. Um, the graduations of rank among the officers, in short, is power. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I really saw this one as like so we had we had heaven progression. Mm-hmm. We had earth maybe the obstacles, the experiences. We had the commander, the way in which it, it gives you direction of how to progress and how to overcome these obstacles. And then I I see this one, this one is sort of like the the working, the inner working function of this whole five, the the five statues that you put before mm-hmm. i feel like this one is like the nitty-gritty the process that type of thing of war in, ter- in terms of war and in terms of life as well yeah. and then when you're talking about the social hierarchy hierarchy that's like embedded within like the the inner like nitty-gritty type of things within life or war yeah so method and discipline everything else before we said we tied together and we said that that was the um, general and the soldiers and um, their existence amongst each other. Right. And like you said before, this is what gives the substance to um, the war. Okay. Because uh, even if somebody, even if you look up to somebody, does that mean that you're going to listen to everything that they say? No. We said before that the commander has all those uh, virtues that they, uh, that they're they're wise, they're sincere, they're benevolent, they're courageous. But um, just because somebody has all those qualities doesn't mean that you're gonna follow them. Exactly. Method and discipline. It's the it's the rule book. 
these are the rules of society. It's the reason we all agree. It's like we to relate to something we were talking about before currency. Mm-hmm. Why do we all agree on? Uh, why do we mm-hmm. all spend? Yeah. Uh, with the same currency within our respective countries. Okay. It's all reliant on faith. I think method and discipline is faith. The faith that we have within ourselves, the faith that we have that our leader will guide us towards something. And this, the the moral, the moral law is what ties it all together. I okay. Think. The moral law, once again, causes the people to be in complete accord with their ruler so that they will follow him regardless of their lives, undismayed by any danger. It's ah. kind of it's kind of like the faith in the. In the. um in method and discipline but it's different in the way that 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 first part about like unwavering from the the once of the like fully in accord mm-hmm. with the, with the ruler i i mm, i didn't like this one i didn't see i don't see how that cuz i didn't agree with maybe it. in modern times i don't see any i don't see many undying faith other than maybe the hardcore, maybe some hardcore religious people, but everybody has their breaking point. So I don't know about that. I one. think this one comments on the common enemy. Okay. Trope that we see. All right. Okay. Like, you know, it. like we said, like, uh, people are always going to be racist. People are always going to discriminate unless aliens come down to earth. Ah, but at times, right. Common enemy, mm-hmm. but at times of crisis, there will be people who fall in line and they will fall direct orders for the best to achieve the best outcome. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. So, uh, moral law, I think it's tie It ties everything together through drive. Mm-hmm. This is desire like, drive, yeah. Yeah, this is the reason. Like we can all agree on this because why? Why are militaries so uniform? Why is uh? Why do they fight for for the, their common purpose? Right. Is because everyone fights for a common purpose. Maybe to serve others, to protect others, but it's only a common pers- purpose because that's what you yourself believes in. Right. So, this um. Moral law is fighting, fighting to justify yourself. I think I'd say. Yeah, no, uh, fighting to justify. Wait, so no, go deeper, more. Why? What do you mean, fighting to justify yourself? Elaborate. Everybody always wants to be right. Okay. Whether you're wrong, you'll argue. Right. Because you hate to give. It's moral law. Is, I think it's, not takes advantage, but it studies. That stubbornness that we, we humans have, okay, because <clears throat> that stubbornness to, you know, be great, that stubbornness to not let anybody get their way, and the stub- stubbornness to be right, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's abso- absolutely true, and, and mm, you know what, because this book, are these five related? Are these five? So, what are these five things supposed to be? Because could we relate that to the enemy as well as your own yeah. soldiers? So okay. once again, it said the what Sun Tzu said was these five heads should be familiar to every general. He who knows them will be victorious. He who knows them not will fail. So you could uh, take it, it take advantage of the stubbornness of your enemy as well, and we see that uh, across many wars in ah, history. One point. The last point I wanted to comment on from this chapter that really caught my eye was um, the format of the book 
is basically a list of like it's like kind of like a bullet points of like um all the components that you would need to succeed in war or what makes what makes a war fought correctly okay one the one point other than the five virtues and all that that stood out to me was all war warfare is based on deception well what do you mm. think you know uh you know what that's i think on the surface level you know what maybe i i'm right now i'm working through all the war that i know mm. of but i mean the war in life too you know that you, i think it's true either you convince either w- one may convince oneself that a certain cause is worth fighting for mm-hmm. or adolf hitler may convince all these germans that Yada, yada, yada. We know the story, right? Yeah. Deception. Deception is relative, but it's deception at the end of the day. Yeah. You, I can, deception is relative because I can say you're deceiving somebody. No matter what you say, you're still, it's still deception. But is yeah. that always wrong? Let me give you an example. Okay. A single mother working to feed their two kids or her two kids. Her moral law is her kids. That's her reason for fighting. She has to, what, and she wants to like in, in both of her jobs. She wants to like be um proficient. No, not proficient. What's the word like upgraded? Oh, uh, oh, appointed or uh, or given a raise. Yeah. All right. Well, just, well, we'll keep it like that. She wants to be given a raise for both of these jobs. Yeah. And promoted. Not, yeah, promoted, promoted. What the heck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be promoted in both of these jobs, so she will be. Uh, she'll earn a higher wage. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So um, she'll have to play a part. Whether or not these are jobs that she wants to do or not, she has to She has to sacrifice. She has to sacrifice what she wants for her moral law, her kids. She has to sacrifice and play a role to her employer to get the things that she needs to, to get the things that she needs to support that moral law. And that in itself is deception. I think playing we all play roles every day. You know, do you can you honestly say that you act the same with every single person that you know? Absolutely. That you not. see? Absolutely not. Is that not deception? Maybe not to them but to yourself because you're not not acting like yourself? That's human frailty. And uh when I was deep into my monk mindset and I was reading um it, this sort of showed itself in the Bhagavad Gita, but Jay Shetty put it more in a in a Western American uh, terms, but the 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 phrase went like this: "I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am I am what you think I am." So people in many social circles they try to be the person that. I I try to be what I think that you think I am. So if I Hold think on, I know, <laughs> it's, it's, I try to be what I think that you think that I am. So oh, you try to meet the standards that other people set. Exactly. For you. So if you think I'm great at juggling, oh, when I'm around you, I brag about she juggling. No, no, no. If I think that you think I'm great at juggling for some weird reason, mm-hmm. I brag about being a great juggler. When you could give. 
a, a D about juggling, right? So, yes, we see this. Many people are chameleons. And, you know, at first I saw this as a strength, especially as a black man in America, um, being around my boys or being around a more formal setting, right? Yeah, it's called code but, switching. Code switching, exactly. But, you know, at the same time, when I try to reach my higher self and centralize what my one self is, exactly, I start to see this as a weakness. Bro, talk to me. I think this, above all of the previous things before, this, this might have seemed minuscule. All warfare is based on deception. Let's try to relate it to an actual war scenario. A general is never going to be... Well, they can seem passive, you know? Yeah. But that's when they hit you with that uh, kamikaze. Yeah. That's when they hit you with that surprise attack. Because they know that the enemy is going to try to take advantage of that weakness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking... You know, that's a good idea. Because I didn't even think about deceiving the enemy. I was thinking about deceiving your own troops. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's true, too. Let's yeah, of course, then. Yeah. Of course. And... The opposite of that is, like, you know, samurai with, like, their Bushido code. Yeah. They never, they want to fight with honor and respect. Yeah. They'll never, like, hit an opponent while he's down. They'll never um, hit an opponent while his back is turned. Yeah. Because that is the true tell of strength, right. beating them, like, mano y mano. Okay. You know, yeah. equal, mm-hmm. as equals. What do you think is more important? That honor and respect that you show, like, in, like, a social setting or... Doing whatever you can to, to get to to get what you want, to satiate that moral law. There's multiple ways of looking at this because who is holding you to that standard except for yourself? Mm. If this is a standard set by the community, it may not have to be a war. If you're living off of standards set by others, who is telling you to to do that? Now, this is a simpler simpler. Oh shoot. Slippery slope, because if that's the case, the standard is to not go out and murder people. If I don't live by standards, and I just go out and kill. So, ooh, but then, uh, that's interesting, that's interesting. I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think there's a right answer in this one, because uh, there's, there's a case-by-case basis. Because sometimes, you need to do literally, you to do. like you, know, you can't always be that anime character that if you believe it's possible. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you need to take... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro! <bruh. laughs> yeah. So is that Kaylee? No, bro. I thought I could see back there. It's her brother. Yeah. Hey yo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> bro. <laughs> I don't know how you can remember to do that. Uh, sometimes you can't always be that anime character because sometimes believing in yourself isn't always gonna get you there. You're gonna have to get your hands dirty. Yeah. And a lot of people say that success doesn't come without getting your hands dirty. I think that's that's true to some extent. But you can control how dirty your hands get. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't so, know. Me and you both wanting to be successful, that sort of turns us off a little bit because, well, I don't know if you want to get your hands dirty, but I certainly don't. But dirty you don't, but in, you dirty must. in the eyes of you can. But what is an example of Is a sinner a bad person? No. Uh, I mean, because we're all sinners, aren't we? Even so. if you, and we purposefully sin, don't we? Yeah. We know that it's wrong, yet we do it. But that doesn't make us bad. Mm. I think that if you if you go after what you want, you chase your dreams, whatever your goals may be, 
and you sin, sin no knowingly. Yet you're still, you still feel remorse for that. You're not. It's you're, you're correct. I think it's you know only saying? because some. It's like the thing, the whole thing about the one versus the many. Sometimes, in order to get you what you want, you may have to trample over the individual wants of somebody else. Unfortunately, and but is it? It's so. It uh, maybe we all trample in some way. It may be a necessary evil if what you be, truly, what you believe is truly good. I mean, if you if what you if you have to if you have to kill, I mean, not kill, but if you have to trample one person to save the world, then I mean, save the world, right? So, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, did you ever play Fall Guys? Mm-mm. So basically, it's like a race to the end. Well, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. that game, yeah, and like you stumble over obstacles, but. Right. Everybody stumbles over the obstacles. Exactly. And they all get back up the same. Right. So there's no complaining if you say that you lost because you fell. Because okay. everybody has the op- the opportunity to fall. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I think if we all have if we all have that uh, that opportunity to fall and we also all have that opportunity to get back up, if we all have the opportunity to trample on one another, and we also all have the opportunity to help one another. Is it wrong? So once there's equal opportunity, then it's fair game. Yes. I can see that. Then there's the sore losers that once somebody starts winning, they're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. then it's not equal opportunity. Maybe equal opportunity is never attainable unless, I mean, some people believe communism, but then the government's not equal. So I don't know. Equal opportunity is never. Yeah. There's, no, there's no 100% efficacy. But we strayed kind of from it. Yeah, All ahead. warfare is based on deception. Last question for this. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that's right? I I can I can say I can say yes. And mm, yeah, fighting wars because I mean, look, if you know what the enemy is going to do, sometimes people are so powerful you know what they're going to do and they still do it and destroy you. Um, but in, in a certain sense, I believe surface line. Yes. All war is based off deception war within yourself. I believe so as well. Cause we tell ourselves things that aren't true. I know I do mm-hmm. war with others in life. You say things that you don't mean. I am what you think I am or whatever. Or I am what I think you think I am. That type of things. We have this code switching. So, and nobody's a hundred percent open book. Everybody has secrets. So, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. And I would agree with you there because why is it that we, why is it that we respect somebody who wins fairly over somebody that cheated? The authenticity. The authenticity and the strength that you realize you know that it took to get to that place. Right. That winner, that winner could have done something in their past that, like, you know, trampled over somebody to get to the place that they are now, and they did fight fairly. But who's to say? I think that it's okay because... Hmm. I think that deception is okay. Like I said before, when everybody's doing it equally, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's deception anymore in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Deception. If everybody's telling a lie, isn't that truth? Mm, see, I was listening to somebody about this beforehand, too. And 
because some guy was like, uh, so the, so there's this podcast I was listening to, and two of these guys didn't like the fact that the government could track everything in our phone. And one guy was like, well, the fact that our lives don't change at all from it, I don't care. He was basically saying, as time, the government can continue to take away liberties from us. But as long as that generation believes that they're still that they're free, that there's nothing wrong with it because they still believe that they're free. So what is something that like we I have the freedom to tweet out whatever I want right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say our generation dies off and that next generation, they can only they can't tweet. But they still believe that their freedom, that they're free just because there's that one constraint. But they never thought about that constraint not being there. So that could we could be in that type of trance, too. There could be a rule <laughs> that we're succumbed to, but we never thought about it not being a rule. So we just follow it. So, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how I got here. That, but Yeah, me neither. But that, that says that they're... Oh, oh so no, that's here's the no, it's the deception thing because you asked you asked if everybody's deceiving, if everything's a lie, isn't that truth? Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting. Uh I think your answer is relative. Yeah, it's, I it's think your relative. answer said that there is no true truth. There's no well, I've said this from the beginning because me as a physicist, there well, mm, I don't know. I don't this doesn't fall all the physical theories that I, I dabble in, but I'm a believer that there is no objective truth there there. I don't, I'm not so sure that there is one objective truth in an earth sense. Now spirituality, that's different, but in, in this domain that we exist in, I'm not sure if there's exactly um, an objective truth other than the certain constants that govern our universe, the speed of light, uh, the value of the Higgs field that we may live in, uh, uh, the mass of uh, of an electron, the mass of a quark, whatever these things, these these certain constants that pervade our universe. But other than that, mm, I don't know. I don't. I think subjectivity permeates every other realm of experience. I like talking about this junk a lot. Yeah, I do too. Because, well, first and foremost, we're gonna be doing this every episode. That was just chapter one, laying plans. Yeah. But there is so much. There's so much. I believe when Sun Tzu wrote this, yeah, he was like doing some deep thinking like us, but I don't believe he meant for it to be a philosophical book. Really? He meant for it to be literal. Okay. Like the steps a general should take um, in like warfare. Yeah. And to see that is being, it's able to relate to so many different types of wars that we fight in our lives is, I think that's. It speaks volumes about how expansive knowledge and wisdom is in our lives. Because once you understand the fundamentals, and this is the biggest thing about me being in physics, is first principle, first base principle. Once you understand the fundamentals, you have a strong base. Mm -hmm. You can fork off into many different sections of knowledge, right? So you have this base. That base, maybe being maybe it being this book, he developed. Once you get to the end, you'll probably see that he developed a strong base of fundamentals. Now you're able to uh, adapt your knowledge and use it in all these different paths of life. Just because you have such a strong base, fun, your fun, and 
some people people get away from that sometimes. Yeah. People try to learn certain things, and they don't. You can't learn calculus without knowing algebra and basic math. You can't skip steps. You have to have a strong sense of the fundamentals, and from there, you can do all the enlightening you want. Thank you, Sun Tzu. Absolutely. That was just uh, that was for one. We went in super deep, um, and me usually. I try to let Henry take the lead as much as possible because, um, yeah, we want to we wanna bounce off of each other. But this is truly like, for one, this is Emery's domain. So I wanted to allow him to get as much out as he possibly could. And I was just being there to probe to like basically I was trying to ask questions and say certain things like probe his knowledge, taking it to the next level, allowing him to say even more enlightened things. And now, as we go on this art of war path, we're able to, now we can just build on it, build on it, and start going back and forth and stuff like that. And you it, see it's Caleb get, acting like the commander, <laughs> right? It's gonna be you. it's gonna be a lot more interesting because we just we developed the fundamentals today. It's gonna be a lot more interesting. But we had a few more things. But honestly, I think that episode twenty. We're just, we can just keep it nice, short, and sweet. Because this is already a phenomenal episode, and this was a change of pace. Mm-hmm. Our whole point of episode 20 was to change the pace. So, I mean, we we talked about pop culture, Space Jam 2, Lil Nas X, KD. We talked about some Bitcoin. talked about some currency. We talked about some Art of War. We talked about the Ivy experience. Yeah. So, we this, talked, this is a, div- a diverse yeah. episode. This is... No more, more or less an anniversary episode. Yeah, but I'd say that this is the end of an arc and the beginning of a new arc right. in the Enlightened Brothers. Hey, so I'd I'd say we're in the revolutionary period now. Yeah, come in episode twenty one. We gonna some be some different boys, and you already know there's gonna be somebody right there, right here, smack dab in the middle of us. So, amen. We got a lot of exciting stuff in the future. Um, but no, that was uh, it. It was great to get to get in that uh, that nitty gritty, man. Mm-hmm. It was it was great to get deep and philo- yeah. Philosophical. But we're not uh, ending this episode without a uh, freestyle. So. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I was just trying. Honestly, I was trying to set up a joke because I didn't want to just end off on where we're still in phil- uh, philosophy mode. So yeah, you can end it with, end it with a freestyle. Uh, I can, I'll get a beat. no. Back in the day, Sun Tzu ain't have no beats. All right, all right. All he had was the clicks of horse feet. Click for me, bro. <laughs> well, I can't. Go. I don't know, bro. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me think. That's the rocks. And the horses in the pond. No toads. But I'm getting with my bros. Pause. And I'm drinking that Voss water. Water. And it's smelling like your father. But you're probably thinking to yourself, water has no scent. Water has no scent. Water has no scent. It's smelly, but it's not. And I'm hot. I don't rot. That is smelly. It's rot, pot, stig, tot, bot, tick tock. Hit you with the rock, no David, and Goliath, but you're dead. I'm a titan. Yeah, boom.
boom. Pretty mid freestyle, I will admit. But you know that I am still the shit. Hey, are you guys fucking with the fit? <laughs> okay, this beat is hard to do. I'm lo- like, my mouth is super dry. God damn, bro. What the freak, bro? <laughs> Yo. Hey, bro. Episode. I think we need to end with the duel. All right. I'm done talking. Hold on. <clears throat> time for Caleb to talk to these hands. Hey, it's time to sign off. Episode 20, we love you. We're ending this with a duel. <laughs> Let's go. Oh!